Welcome everyone. This is Jeff Cohn with the Wall Street Resource. Joining me is Joe Romelli, Director, Investor Relations for Origin Agritech. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Jeff. Thank you for having me on the program. Pleasure. So, so Joe, we had um, Origin's Chairman and CEO on about a year ago or so, and I know a lot's happened. Want to get an update? But before we get started in that, can you? Just give us a quick overview of Origin for those that aren't familiar with the company. Yes, of course. Uh, so Origin is a company headquartered in Beijing, China. We are an agri-tech, agri-tech company and engaged in breeding innovative new corn varieties and selling them into the Chinese market. Uh, and it's pretty incredible uh, the type of innovations we've come up with and what we're able to to create with these new corn varieties. Joe, so what does Origin look like today? Yeah, so um, Chairman Ron was on, like you said, over a year ago. A lot has changed. Um, we, if, if you looked at the financials, we are growing at 300%. Uh, and I think by the end of this interview, investors might realize that that's not necessarily going to slow down anytime soon. Um, as it's a massive market we're targeting, uh, the feedstock market for hogs primarily in, in China's $75 billion industry. So the company came up with a, a really innovative new corn variety, which is unique not only in China but in the whole world. And this corn allows hogs to just to, to thrive just being fed corn. With every other corn variety out there, uh, hogs cannot survive on it, and it needs to be supplemented with soybean meal and enzymes. And as you can imagine, in, uh, in an industry like the feedstock industry, those additives are, are, are quite expensive. So as, as Chairman Han has said, we're, we're doubling the profit margin for these feedstock companies. It's a, it's a razor-thin uh, razor uh, margin on, on the feedstock. So we're allowing them to double their profit margins. And as a result, um, we have an incredible amount of demand uh, for this new corn variety. Very good. So are you selling seed or are you selling corn? Traditionally, the company has sold seed. Um, but with this new corn variety, I think to Chairman Hans' credit, he realized that this product is so economically impactful for uh, both the feedstock companies that sell to the hog farmers and for the hog farmers that we've moved um, we've moved into capturing a bigger percentage of the market and are actually engaged in some contract growing uh, to and, and, and actually supplying the corn uh, if you look at the the seed business it's about roughly five percent of the overall selling price of the corn. Um, so if you, if you capture a 20 times bigger market if you, if you go into selling the corn. And there are a lot of things going on in China right now that are very supportive to, uh, to funding, uh, to, to financing. The government is very, very supportive of uh, financing uh, growing. So that enables us to really move into this much, much bigger market without very much uh, capital requirements up front. Okay, so so you're not buying land to farm on. You're you're contracting that out. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Okay. So we make deals with with farmers and guarantee them a kind of set 
profit, and then we, we uh, buy the offtake agreements, which we've already <clears> – <throat> I, I like to tell people that we're struggling to catch up with demand. Um, so far, in since this product, would just to give you a, an idea of, of the growth rate and, and just how, how big things are, we introduced this product, and I think a lot – at first, a lot of the feedstock companies and, and the hog farmers didn't believe it. So initially, we had to uh, go out and give them samples of the corn so they could do the uh, nutritional analysis of it. And it passed with every, every single company that did that. And we got – initially, we got – we've gotten already – uh, more than 50, $67 million in orders in 2022. Um, that does not include the big purchase order. But last year we did 7 point something million U.S., and now we've got $67 million in orders. Um, just shows you how, how much people went into this. Um, and then recently, uh, you might have seen the press release, we, we had a huge win <clears throat> with our partnership with Muyan Foods which is not only in China, but the biggest uh, hog farmer in the whole world. And so that company wants to really have us take over our, our variety, take over the, the majority of their feedstock, uh, the corn feedstock over, over time. And so the initial order was for $35 million for this harvest. Um, and we also got a purchase order which I don't think really – we weren't really allowed to talk about the specific details in the press release, so I think it really flew under the radar. Uh, but if you look at it, the purchase order is for a million metric tons of corn over the next five years. <clears throat> and we're not disclosing the price, and the price adjusts with the market price. But if you look at the price currently for just commodity corn, in, uh, not premium corn that we have, it's about $325 per metric ton. So multiply that times uh, a million and you get $325 million over five years or roughly $65 million a year. And we think, we believe that that can actually be much bigger because even at that annual uh, $65 million worth of corn, it's still you know, less than 1% of Muyan's overall purchases of, of corn feedstock. So, it's, it's quite a hugely impactful product, and, and, you know, in just a few short months, you can see the uh, – uh, see from the orders and this, this huge uh, deal with Muyang. It's really put us on the map in, in China in a bigger way, too. So, so though corn is a commodity, it sounds like you have a variety that is proprietary. Is that correct? Yes, it's proprietary not only in China but in, in the whole world. Nobody else has a corn that, that, that uh, has all these nutrients and enzymes uh, to make it sufficient for, for hogs to live on. So does Origin uh, sell outside, the, the outside China or have plans to? We do have plans to longer term. We have some um, business development deals partnerships with some big uh, uh, companies outside of, of China. But right now, you know, we're going after the low-hanging fruit. I mean, this feedstock industry is a – corn is a $75 billion market in China. And, and uh, you know, we're a small company, uh, so we've got to really focus on the low-hanging fruit. I will say that it's interesting because China, much like in the pharmaceutical industry, 
China has reserved the opportunity for um, for the agriculture sector and agri agritech like us for companies that that are uh, Chinese companies. So um, Bayer, which used to be Monsanto, is one of the you know 800-pound gorillas uh, domestically with agritech and corn specifically. They're not allowed to come into the Chinese market and and compete, which really leaves it wide open for uh, a company like us. And so what technology do you guys have that gives you this proprietary edge? So we we have um, really mastered traditional hybrid, what you call hybridization or, or traditional breeding of corn. And as time goes on, we've, we've moved into much more innovative cutting-edge uh, technologies such as gene editing or, or CRISPR is the name most people would recognize. And uh, so, so we, we use both of those. And, you know, the move into gene editing is pretty interesting because you can take something that would have taken 10 years and $100 million to create a new corn variety, and you can do it in, in a year and in about a, you know, $15 million or $10 million. So the pace of innovation is really speeding up, and we've we've um, got some proprietary ways that we use gene editing that we think make us the world leader. Um, uh, there's some challenges in getting the gene editing into the actual path, past the plant walls and into the uh, actual uh, uh, corn plants. Um, so we, we've made some innovations on that front, which uh, which I think are, are uh, make us a leader in the whole world. So is gene editing the same as GMO? No. So if you look at gene editing, closely mimics what happens with with plant uh, breeding, traditional plant breeding. Um, it's just that you can laser focus and change just one or several genes in the DNA. In the DNA, so you can turn on and off specific uh, specific uh, genes, and as a result, um, it's just very, very powerful. Uh, when you look at GMO and, and gene edited crops, don't have any of the uh, they don't have foreign DNA in them, so they. They don't. They, they just are the natural corn uh, DNA. Versus GMO is a very powerful technology. It's been around for quite a quite a few years, uh, um, but it basically it's taking a foreign species DNA and snipping a, a portion of that and inserting it into the into the corn. In this case, corn's DNA. So you'll always be a scientist. Will always be able to to see that there's foreign DNA inside of the, of the corn. Like I think one of the big traits, I want to say it comes from salmon for, for um, army worm resistance. Um, and, and a lot of the reason why there's, always, there's still going to be an opportunity for both to coexist. Uh, like gene editing is not going to take over from GMO because some of the things that GMO can do are not native in the, in the uh, in the corn's own DNA. So, for instance, um, uh, people have been using this trait to express a certain or expel a certain type of protein that's toxic to armyworms, which are the the main uh, a pest for corn. And it's and and but but you couldn't do that with the corn's 
own DNA. And then in the future, what, what will happen is some of our, once GMO is approved in China, some of our GMO traits that we have for controlling uh, army worms or for Roundup or, or uh, uh, glyphosate uh, resistance will be stacked on top of our hybrid corns that, you know, have that NEC corn that has all that nutritional um, uh, properties. So making it even better because it will increase the yield even further. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're different technologies, and, and there's, there's a space for both of them. Okay. So GMO, um, you cannot sell that in, to China at this time. How about gene editing? How about that product? Gene editing was just recently approved uh, and, uh, and, and a much shorter approval pathway than, than GMO traits. Um, and, and it's something I think uh, uh, Chairman Hahn had talked a lot about uh, the GMO approval process in, our, in, in your last interview. Um, um, the, the government has set a, a, a legal framework and has been progressing on, on moving forward to, uh, to approving GMO uh, uh, crops for, for China. So that, that is still, still very much in the works and we're one of three or four companies only that have GMO, our, our own unique GMO traits. Um, so that will be a part of our, our, our future, and it's necessary. I like to tell people that there's three components to really being a dominant player in the Chinese corn uh, market, and that is you need, you need to have a great hybrid germaplasm, which is your hybrid corn. You need to have that thriving corn in every single region, um, and we've developed that in the hybrid business over years. Because that's the, that's really the starting block, um, and then you need to have next generation breeding technology such as this gene editing, and the third thing you need to have is GMO traits, and so all of those are going to work together to to uh, to come together into one corn plant. But if you if you started with a subpar hybrid corn. And you know you could you could edit the genes or you could stack, stack some GMO traits on top of it, but it would still be uh, a sub. You know you'd have a, a a plant, a corn plant that would be armyworm resistant, but it wouldn't it wouldn't be high yield or thriving. So um, I, I believe that Origin is the only company that has all three of those. Um, and the thriving germaplasm, hybrid germaplasm, um, is really uh, key to to our success going forward. Okay, and then if if China allows GMO, what what could that mean for the company? It's it's a multi-billion-dollar opportunity, um, and you know I think as I said earlier, it's 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 and it's, and it's a necessary component. If you look at what happened when uh, GMO started in in the U.S. with Monsanto and Dupont Pioneer, every pretty much every ninety whatever percent of the market moved to GMO. Because you can get a 25% increase in yield uh, with these gene traits, so so corn will migrate for feedstock will all migrate to GMO once it's approved. So as a player, you've got to have that component. Um, but you know, as I said, what's transpired really since we were here is on on the podcast last time around is. That still is a huge catalyst for the company going forward and for the stock, I would say. It's a multi-billion dollar opportunity. 
Um, but we don't control the timing of that, and so we we are growing at 300% even before that with this new corn variety, even before that's approved. So I, I just call it kind of icing on the cake. Okay. And, and so are you just selling one variety, or how many varieties of, of corn seed or corn product uh, are you selling? Yeah, we have other varieties. Um, the, the huge growth is coming from NEC. Uh, the nutritionally enhanced corn. Um, but our traditional seed business, we sold out uh, this year. Things going on in the world are, are really driving uh, demand and, and, you know, there's, there's kind of a, I wouldn't say shortage, but it was pretty tight supply of traditional just corn seeds. So we sold out of all of that really early uh, this year. And, we, you know, we already kind of take some orders for next year. Um, we, we have some variety that got some notoriety in, in a region that had really bad flooding last year, and our competitors' crops were, were decimated, and ours, ours it's kind of a rust-resistant, uh, which is hap what happens when you get a lot of flooding or, or, or it's too wet. Um, so we have, we have other innovative crops, and we're creating all kinds of new innovation, uh, you know, like things like we'll be creating even better NEC crops with more nutrients. We, we have some crops that have higher protein content. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, we're, we're not stopping at this one, one, one uh, variety of NEC, but it, it definitely is what the major driving force for our, our growth and, and uh, for the foreseeable future, I would say. Okay. And in terms of making money revenue model, it, it sounds like you have at least a couple. You sell seeds, you sell feedstock. Um, can you touch on that and the, and the gross margins there? Yeah. So, you know, the gross margins I'm, I'm not really prepared to talk about right now. I mean, we're still kind of uh, looking at how that's all going to look, and we haven't given guidance on that. But I will say if you take Muyon, which is, like I said, it, it was a completely – uh, transformative uh, and, and really, really kind of gave us so much credibility. Not that we didn't have it already, but just the name Muyan is so well respected in China and such a huge company. Um, so if you look at that deal and you look at the news we just published a couple days ago about um, in the Sichuan region, we, we signed a deal to have somebody contract 100,000 acres. Uh, of, of corn for us. So what we, we're, we're attacking this from different angles. So we are doing contract growing to scale up our supply. Right now we're very supply constrained and we've got more than we can really uh, at this point um, satisfy. We could sell more if we had it. So we're, we're doing this contract growing uh, in order to supply those those companies, and we also there's also the the component of roughly three hundred and twenty five dollars per metric ton to buy the corn in, in China right now, and that's FOB origin, pick it up from from our our plant, right? Uh, but to ship that five hundred seven hundred miles, it's going to make the transportation cost almost as much as the corn. So you really need to have corn growing in different regions near these huge hog farms. And so that was what our deal was about uh, that we announced the other day. We have the, the uh, corn being grown really, really close to several big, huge hog farms 
And so that, that makes it logistically and just from an economic standpoint, the cost of transportation is much less. Um, we're also looking at doing things with, with Muyan and uh, where we would supply some of their existing growers with the corn, and then we would split some of the added premium pricing with the farmers um, so that we capture a higher, higher, uh, higher percentage of you know the the margin on on the uh, on the product. As, as I said earlier, this is such an economically impactful product. Just selling the seed and getting five percent and letting somebody else grow the corn and sell it for a premium price would would not make sense. There's just so much more a bigger market and bigger margin, bigger profitability that we can capture because we are in a, a monopoly position. For the you know for for the foreseeable future. So you know being able to to sell all you can make is is an enviable uh, position to be in, but what's the gating factor to sell even more? Is it money? Is it you know capital? Is it uh, uh, what inhibits scaling this to faster even faster growth? Well, we we you know for this year is where we're really supply constrained. Um, because you know the orders came on the, uh, very very quickly, and you know it ramped up so huge. Um, and and uh, for for the next growing season, we're already ramping up a multiple uh, to give us a multiple of supply, um, and and to be potentially able to keep this growth rate going. Um, so yeah, you know it's it's luckily there there as I had alluded to earlier there is the Chinese government is extremely supportive in giving financing to farming, um so that helps us because you know we're a small company and and this is a huge growth rate and as you know growth rate is so big you're sometimes pushing uh, working capital needs uh, that even though uh, recently we you know I, I should mention that. In the most recently reported period, uh, which was the six months ending uh, March 31st, we crossed over into profitability. So that was a huge accomplishment for the company. Um, but but you know you still need working capital to, to to push this thing forward. But luckily we have financing options in China, and the government is extremely accommodative. And I think if you take a, a step back and you look at the bigger picture um, of China. In food supply, they've got 10% of the arable land and 22% of the population. There's disruptions in supply chains because of, you know, wars in the world and, and inflation and, and uh, uh, the pandemic. And so uh, the Chinese government is is super super focused on and that's uh, on supporting the agriculture industry. And, and I think their number one priority is is feeding their people, obviously. So we're, we're benefiting from that, and I think, uh, and I think that also it's interesting. I think the, the corn yields in China are currently like 35%. I want to say, I don't know if that's kind of just uh, guesstimate, less than less than the U.S. So there's a lot of the the struggles with uh, supporting or feeding their own food sustainability um, really can be taken care of by adopting these new. Uh, these new uh, uh, technologies, like with our NEC corn or with GMO traits or, or gene editing, and so you'll you'll see that going forward. Very good. So, is there anything I, I failed to to ask you that that you wish I did? Um, 
No, not off the top of my head. I think we gave, you know, we, we covered a, a lot of information and, and you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I think because we're a Chinese company that trades in the U.S., there's been some, some kind of controversy over listing of the bigger companies. And I, I think that, you know, there's been some pressure on Chinese names that trade in the U.S. And then, as you know, just recently, the, the microcap market has, has bounced back considerably, but it's been a real bloodbath. So I think those two things have really uh, kept investors from finding out about our story. I mean, I challenge in, investors listening to this to, to find another company that is growing at 300%, just crossed over profitability. Um, you know, we guided for 300% growth for this year, which going from 7 million to to 28 million something if we hit our growth uh, objectives. And as I said earlier, I don't necessarily think that growth starts uh, slows down. So if investors start to look out at a year or two and, you know, make their own model of what we could look like, you know, we're, we're a $60 million market cap company roughly. Uh, I don't think that we're, the, the value is being reflected, especially if you, like I said earlier, we've only captured maybe 1% of the, uh, of the market and we have, you know, just rough estimates of $325 million in, in, in purchase orders plus another $67 million in, in firm orders that came in in the last, uh, in the last, all this evolved within the last six months. So it's, it's one of the best growth stories I've been involved with in my career for uh, most definitely. Very good. Well, thanks for bringing us uh, up to speed. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on, Jeff. I really appreciate it.